Hi guys, welcome to the Motor Recon Podcast. I'm your host Adam. These podcasts will cover all things automotive, from uh, new car releases to Formula One, things like that. Um, Today I'm joined by my good friend Rob. Uh, He's joined me on all sorts of trips around the world uh, to see cars from the UAE and uh, Monaco, which is coming up quite soon. Um, We're going to kick off the podcast today by talking a bit about ourselves. So tell me a bit about your car history. Yeah, sure. Um, My first car was Citroen C1. Probably not the uh, coolest wheels for a 17 year old, but gets you around. Got to admit, and I did quite like the sound of a inline three, so like half an inline six. Made me feel rather cool back in the day. Um, I currently drive a Fiesta ST line, probably worth mentioning the line bit. So also one liter, three cylinder, does pack much more of a punch though, I'd say. So that's always a nice bonus. Yeah, uh, I agree on that. Yeah, but got <laughs> us both hooked on fiestas. Yeah. Yeah, so... <laughs> um, I'd say that the things that I like, as in the cars that I have a preference for, are GTs. Um, I do like supercars, um, but for me, I like things that work more on the road as well, so something that will gobble up continents. So that's probably where my preference lies. Yeah, something like a Continental GT, something down those lines. Yeah, the new Conte, I think, especially, I think it's a massive step forwards from the old one. So I'm very happy to see that. And I think, obviously, quite a lot of Aston's range at the moment I'm quite keen on as well. Um, like the new DB11, yeah. for example, yeah. See, I'm more partial to a DBS. If I was going to pick any, it would definitely be the DBS. Yeah, 100%. for me... It's interesting because when I sometimes see a DB9, it's I prefer the looks of the DB9 to the DBS because I quite like the clean styles. No, I get that. It's aged well. It has aged very well, the DB9 in comparison, but until you park it next to a DB11. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think that when you compare the lines of the DB9 to the DB11, you can see just how much of a step forwards it is. So like next generation type thing. I think that, well, the the main difference for me and the reason I would probably go for the newer ones over it is purely down to interior. I know they're not great in comparison to some of the competition, i.e. the Bentley, but it is a big step up from where it used to be. They've got Mercedes technology in there now, which works. So it is, it is, it is where, the reason I would go for a newer one. It's true. It's one of the things that I'm not so hot on about the Fiesta, to be honest. It's the fact that obviously... The interior, I should mention mine is a 2016 one, so the Mark yeah, the 7.5, yeah. yeah. So the, the interior is a little bit cluttered. I don't really understand why they have the numbers like an old phone with the text yeah. type. I think, yeah, I think I've when, never used them. When they launched when they launched that interior back in, what was it, 2009, maybe late 2008? Yeah. Probably, yeah, then, back then that was, that was the done thing. But when they facelifted it, I think they should have definitely, definitely upped the game on that front. Because I, I did have a Mark 7 Fiesta um, and it has the same interior as what I've got now in the 7.5. Yeah, yours so. has the um, Sony interior as well. Uh, it does, yeah. It's uh, standard on the model it is. It's a Titanium X one, I should stress. Um, which is why that is standard on there. Uh, and I, I do prefer it than the standard one. I think it looks slightly less cluttered. It's still unbearably bad yeah don't, don't get but it wrong it's, yeah. it still looks clu- it still looks cluttered it's, I don't like the piano black I really don't like the piano black no it's a thing I don't really like about Merck's interiors no. all that much to be honest that glossy black is something yeah. that I think 
looks great when it's in the showroom and no one's touched it or if you're at like the Geneva Motor Show and they've got people out with other desters polishing them 24-7 round the clock but I think the moment you start living in it and actually getting your greasy paws all over them you realise that they don't really hold up no I would definitely agree with you on that having it as a bugbear of mine it's constantly covered in dust constantly covered in fingerprints You can, no matter what you do you're not getting it back to normal again unless you pay for a proper um, valet job being done which I'm not going to do for the sake of Fiesta's interior no. um, but anyway right so that's a, a brief introduction about a little bit about itself I'll just do a quick one uh, through my uh, car history myself started out with a 1 litre Nissan Micra um, I think it was a solid 59 horsepower that was, my, yeah, that was my college uh, college run around did the job never let me down had an engine warning light on from the day I bought it until the day before I sold it which I don't know who on earth was uh, picking that, but it did me did well. And I made a profit on that, 50 quid, after mm. writing it off as well. Um, that wasn't my fault, I should stress. Um, then I went straight into a Mark Seven Fiesta. Um, quite a significant step up from the Micro. Yeah, just a little. Not going to lie. Uh, it, yeah, it was, that was, it was uh, the titanium interior with the exterior of what was then the ZTEC S. Um, so that looked quite, that was quite nice. And it was in a very strange, I've never seen it in that colour again, but it was like a, a purpley silver, like a, well, everyone said lilac, but I wouldn't go with that. Uh, and then I jumped straight from there because that one got written off by another, again, not my fault, um, item. And I swapped that in for a Mark 7.5. ZTEC S before they changed the name to ST line. Yeah, that so was, it, just, yeah. yeah. It was your car, but it, it, it was it's a twenty it was a twenty thirteen model, same as what you've got now, just not called ST line. Well, I think the major difference between the one I've got and the one that you had is essentially the central screen that they use has been updated. It has. So whereas yours, I believe, was probably just sort of like the was it just the blue LED style lighting? Yeah, it was the blue effect, LED style lighting. It? it had. Everything else was the same. It was the first one I had with the blue dials, which I do prefer. I love the blue dials. Um, I have a lot of people, been passengers, who actually have commented on the, on that. Which is a bit different from the red that you normally get. Um, what are then? And that one, I didn't write that one off. You'd be pleased to know that one stayed in one piece. And I swapped that straight in for a Fiesta ST3. That's the only brand new car I've ever bought, and probably will be the last brand new car I ever buy. Yeah, that, that was by um, far the one that I liked the most. Yes, it was the one by far I liked the most, which I regret selling it. Um, should not have done that. Uh, but I did a lot of work on that car. I did the MP215 kit from Mount Tune. I did the catback exhaust also from them. Uh, I did their uh, I did their lowering coilovers, um, put them on, and I also did the Symposa delete to make it slightly less droney in the cabin. That car was an absolute beast. I will... Love that car till the day I die, and I will regret selling it <laughs> till the day I die. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was an amazing car. Um, probably probably is the most fun I've ever had behind the wheel. Uh, and then I swapped that for an Audi A3 saloon. Uh, it was the two liter diesel 190 um, brake one, same engine that's in the Golf GTD. It did have Quattro, so it was well when you set off it threw you back into your seat like it would give you whiplash essentially when you set off yeah launch we- control was rather special considering for a diesel it did pack yeah. a punch off the line it did it was it was quick it was very smooth it was very well it was like a a motorway mile muncher essentially it was at the time when i bought that car it was cracking i was doing a lot of motorway miles so 
it suited the purpose for that. Um, surprisingly bad on fuel, if I'm going to be honest. It barely skimmed 50 miles to the gallon. But I suppose but, it is but, a two-litre diesel, isn't it? Yeah, it, it was the well, faster one. Yeah. If you got the 150 or the other one, lower one, and then that, that they were better on MPG, as one of our friends would um, uh, advise on that, because you had the same car. That means that, though, um, for 150, did you say 50 miles to the gallon, <laughs> give or take? Usually around 48 to 50. You see, that's interesting because in my Fiesta, I'm getting about 50 miles to the gallon. I think that is largely limited by the fact that it does only have a five-speed gearbox. That is, that is a, yeah, but I yeah. have the same, I suffer the same problem. I, If it had a sixth gear, that would transform the car. Which Definitely. is where the Mark A really takes a step forwards. For, yes. especially, well, no, for the ST line, because I know that the ST3, for example, and the old Fiesta STs in the Mark 7 did have the six-speed gearbox, which always was a bugbear for me because obviously they did have one that was ready to go that could be fitted into the Fiesta. Yeah. So it always eluded me as to why. When all of their rivals at the time did have, I imagine quite a lot of their rivals at least, had six-speed gearboxes. Most, most of them point. apart from Vauxhall, but then again, that's a whole different kettle of fish we'll come on to in another episode. <laughs> um, but yeah, well, um, yeah, I would agree with you on that, definitely. My brother has the Focus with the same engine in that had a sixth gear. When he yeah. bought that, I was like, why do you get that? And I don't. When it's the same engine, same everything else, just well, give me that extra I, gear. I, I thought it might have been sort of like a packaging issue, but obviously when I learned about the Fiesta ST of that same generation, which had a six-speed manual in there, clearly it, it wasn't a packaging problem, was no, it? They could have fit it in. I just... I, Probably came down to a costing thing. I'm, I'm yeah, guessing the yeah. focus is obviously a bit more of a step up in terms of price and size. Um, yeah, that's by the by. And then I sold that Audi A3 after eight months and putting 13,000 miles on the clock and I lost £1,000 on that. So overall, in terms of money, probably the one that's held its value most, um, which was good. And then I went back into a Fiesta, um, say a Titanium X, which I'm currently in now. Um, but this is really a stop gap until I've got everything else sorted and then I will be back in the Mark 8 ST that's going to happen at some point yeah I must admit yeah. the Mark 8 ST is looming in my future I expect at some point as well Yeah, maybe waiting until some of them make their way into um, sort of Second-hand car dealerships with a couple of years off them, bit the premium yeah. taken off the price. Yeah, half in value essentially. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll, they literally do. That's one. That's one thing to say for the, for the pound for pound. I don't think you can have more fun in a car. Yeah, I don't think it's but unless you get like you go into the second the really cheap second-hand market, um, which actually probably does move us on quite well to our um, next topic, uh, which we're going to do sort of a really cheapish sports car mid rate mid price and then sort of we're going to have a maximum of 15 grand uh, budget to get cover three different uh, sports cars within that range um i'll let you kick off with your first cheap option and if you want to tell us what you've gone for and why you think that's your best choice yeah i should say straight off the bat that i am a sucker for an old jag has to be stated yeah i know i can see why the reliability probably isn't there, I know. And I also know that there's probably more dynamic options for the same money as well. But at the same token, I'm just a sucker for them. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just the um, the image that they perpetuate sort of appeals to me. So I think they've aged well. They look nice. They I think that is, nice. yeah. And I think that is something that's worth considering as well. They have aged quite well. So... Um, 
my cheapest option is a Jaguar XK8. Nice. So I was able to find one, a second-hand car dealer, for £3,500, which isn't too bad at all. <laughs> no, that's reasonably priced, I'd say. It does have 90,000 miles on the clock. Nice. That, this, that's one thing I was considering when I was doing some of the research behind this was mileage. And I think you'll be impressed with what I found because you actually don't know. You know, so, that's true. No, I... Yeah. I, I I unfortunately did get catch a glimpse of your screen, so I was I did see that one, but you have no idea what I've picked. But I, I'm very I, I like your option. I do really like it for three thousand four hundred ninety pounds. It's almost worth these, yeah. running until it just breaks. It is, and but, then get something else. And I mean, it does have six months warranty as well. So when it does break, the moment you drive it out the yeah, garage, yeah. you can push it back in. And <laughs> I'm gonna say it's not a case of if; it is when that will break. Um, but yeah, four liter V eight as well. Yeah, that for three and a half thousand pounds. The sound they make is incredible. I've got to admit, I quite like them, and it's worth mentioning as well. Um, That's a good personal. Play, obviously, but... they're very similar to the DB Seven, and I feel that if, for a car that essentially is of a similar vein, you're getting a hell of a lot of vehicle for a hell of a lot less money. If you're willing to take that step down from the Aston Martin brand sort of badge appeal, if you like. I don't want to be a cliche, but I probably think that is a better car. I don't think it looks quite as nice. The interior is probably, well, the interior is better. Aston Martin's of that era were shockingly bad interiors. Well, you say that, but there is a tape <laughs> Actually, jacket here. Yeah, but it is from, what is it, 2000? It's 1997. Well, there, there you are. So, yeah. Were CDs even a thing in 97? It made it through the millennium bug and it has air conditioning so you can sit in there well the big question is does the air conditioning work i'm guessing not but we'll go we'll <laughs> we'll go with it that is a, that is a great um a great off the off the shelf option there i think you'll be uh go on go I for think your I, cheapest i think option. i've gone a, a bit stereotypical kind of yeah but there's a reason stereotypes exist for stuff like this and it's usually because the cars are yeah. quite good that is true well you you genuinely don't know this one do you you haven't seen it so i've Mine's £3,000 on the dot, not a penny more, not a penny less. It's Very good. £3,000, it's done 63,000 miles. Okay, it's less than the Jag, so that's good. And it is a manual 2.7 litre Porsche Boxster. Oh, that is interesting. 2.7 litre as well, and to be fair, it's well, one former keeper since new, which I I don't know how they're getting it for that for that price. I don't know where he was. Um, it is got full MOT. It's um, everything full service history. Everything you can want with it when you're looking at a second hand car. Uh, and it is a bang on three thousand pounds. It doesn't actually have. It is a personalised. Well, it's W Reg. What was W Reg? It doesn't say the. Is that the year two thousand or nineteen ninety nine ish? Not sure. Well, it's a W Reg anyway. So yes. W Reg Porsche Boxster. Can't remember what year that. Oh, it's a uh, year two thousand. Year two thousand. Year two thousand. Yeah, 2000. found it. Year two thousand. W Reg, at Porsche Boxster, but three grand, sixty three thousand miles, and one owner from new. You can't complain, can you? And especially for a manual as well. Again, that is something I must say. It's interesting, especially when it comes to hot hatches. I think that a manual is one of those things that just enhances the experience tenfold. To be honest, it definitely does. It definitely does. I'm not a massive fan of automatics myself. Um, it's having, how I express yeah. my feelings. Having had having had one, I had the the A3. The A3 I had was the only ever automatic car I ever had, and it was pretty boring. 
But yeah, the thing is as well, um, I'd say with Balma Fiesta as well, I do quite a lot of city driving, to be honest. So I commute into a city from the countryside, so I get a bit of the both worlds. Yeah. And I've never had a problem, even in heavy traffic, driving around with a manual gearbox. Especially in that Fiesta, because the gearbox is so friendly and compliant, it's never something I've ever been sat in traffic and thought, oh God, I wish this was an automatic. That's never really crossed my mind. No, I would agree. I would agree. I think it's character building. But I like that Porsche Boxster. It's very nice. Yeah, I, I can't believe it's a one-owner car from new. That's actually quite rare to find. I do have another option. This so, is, this is, yeah, so this, this is the mid-range. Yeah. Mid-range option. So what, what, was, what was your budget you set yourself on the mid-range? Was it up, up to a certain price or... So I tried to keep it under 10 grand for the mid-range. Under 10 grand, yeah, good And choice. again, I decided, well, since I went for the XK8 for the first one, I would step it up a generation, and I've managed to find myself a nice um, 2006 XK. Spotting a theme here. Y- yes, it's a Jag. And um, again, 4.2 litre V8. Obviously, this is from the Ford era, I think. Uh, so, yeah, the first one was also well, just, I- just, but that... That one is just before they were going. So as you say, and to be fair, it's a much nicer interior. The interior is a huge leap forwards. I would almost argue that if it's a car that you're looking to hold on to for a little while, maybe try and save up the money and just wait to get this one. And wait to get a proper one. A good a good like uh, yeah, a good there, spec a good one, spec yeah. second hand one. A good spec second hand one with all of the trimmings. Yeah. Cruise control by the looks of it. Yeah, cruise control, excellent. Hands free. I can see sat nav as well. Sat-nav. Yeah, there's sat nav in there as well. Not I mean, bad I, at all. I'm, I'm assuming it'll be an outdated map, but you might be able to get that updated slightly. Yeah. But to fair, everybody uses the phones now anyway, so that doesn't really. I just think having the central screen is probably a bonus, even if you're not using the sat nav. Mm-hmm. That means that if it has got the sat nav screen in the middle, it just makes it. It's more a case of trying to make the car look a little bit more modern and keeping it up to date. And I guess. Not having less buttons and more screen might be a good thing. Yeah. Now, my second option was also the same second option as yours. Now, th- this comes with a sting, which is the reason I've been able to get it for such good value by the looks of it is because of the monstrous mileage on it. Because we're over a hundred mile, hundred thousand miles. I say hundred miles isn't bad, but hundred thousand miles. Hundred thousand. Yeah. It's not too great. And they are advertising this as a four seater, which I think is a bit of a stretch. Yeah, I wouldn't. Well, you can't fit in the back if you're over th- three feet tall. It's true. I mean, having been in the back of an Audi TT, I know full well that you have to do some special origami with your legs to get back in there. So Yeah, they're not family cars, are they? Not what you'd consider no, family cars. No, they're not. And um, But I will say, as far as a GT is concerned, I imagine this would be spectacular for eating up miles across Europe, though. Set the cruise control going. Use the sat nav that won't take you to the place you want to go, and just end up somewhere you never intended to. And because you're Jack, you can get some free paintings along the way. Exactly. From what? some service station walls, you can just take them and carry on. Quite right. But my my second option is actually exactly the same as yours. So you've got for an XK as well. Yes, it is an XK for the pretty much the reasons you have actually summed up. I would prefer it to be a manual that's just me but for the type of car it is i don't think it would suit it that well it's not a track car it's not a like it's a it's a a gt car so yeah i think it suits it granted these old old auto boxes are um questionably slow 
but I'm sure it, for what you need it for, it's just nice and relaxing, isn't it? And that's the reason I picked also the same car. What did you get on price? Same. But actually, I actually ended up with the same car. But you ended up with literally the yeah. same car. <laughs> what have you got for your highest value then? My highest value. Now this is the one I'm quite happy with for a few reasons. But I, I get under fifteen grand. This one was the limit. Yeah, yeah the limit was fifteen thousand. But I've, yeah. I've actually managed to go quite a long way under. I've got for twelve thousand four hundred ninety-five pounds. That's pretty good. Forty-one thousand miles. So it's hard. It's, That's very good. It's That's hardly bad. moved. No, so it's a, it's a two thousand and six Maserati Quattroporte. Oh. Four point two litre. <laughs> Now it is obviously the first gen Quattroporte, so the looks are questionable. But let's I do... have a go. Let's have a go. I'll say, go on. So, y- yeah, that does that doesn't look too great, mate. No, it doesn't. But I haven't picked it for the looks, and I think oh, probably a few people will have seen the episode of Top Gear when they do pick it for the reasons why it's just cool. It's true. It's a mob car. Yeah, you drive you drive around in that car. People get out your way. You you carry on. You go in, and I, I also got as well four hundred horsepower. That's pretty good. 400 brake horsepower. Pretty good. The electronics and everything are Italian, so like the Jaguar, it may suffer from a few minor niggles here and there. I consider that character building. Yeah. To be honest, no human is perfect, and having imperfections in your car is what gives them personality. Yeah. That's my excuse for shoddy workmanship. (laughs) And the and. Italians spend most of the time not doing work, but we'll gloss over. <laughs> I'll let that bit out. Um, yeah, I think I'm happy with my choice. I like it. I think again, when it works, it will be a cracking motorway mile muncher. It's cool, 400 horsepower, so it's quick enough for when you need a bit of power. And you can tell your friends at the pub, yeah. what do you drive? Yeah, you I drive, drive a Maserati. Yeah, I drive a Maserati. And again, looking at some of the stats about the car, 171 miles an hour, which isn't too bad given the fact you can't really ever do that. Absolutely stonking 17 miles to the gallon, which will get me to work and back on one <laughs> tank of fuel. HSA V8, 32 valves, and not 60 in 5.2 seconds, which for a fact, it's five seats as well, so you could theoretically chuck your mates in there as well. I mean, they'll be in body bags in the boot because you're in a quadruporte, but you can, you, can, you can do that. You can fit them in. So what? Uh, I'll, that's my option. What's your... Bargain sports car for under £15,000. So while I get this up, quickly run the stats up on this one, would you? While I get this up, just so that we can compare the two. I should say I don't actually know what he's got here, so tell me what you've got and I'll run the stats. So I've managed to find for £11,500, so well under the £15,000 budget, a BMW M5 from 2006 wow. with the naturally aspirated 5 litre V10 engine, if I remember rightly. Uh, you are correct, I've got the stats here. Um, so, oh, actually, it's got a few different things in it. So, standard, if you didn't have it in M mode, it'll only produce 311 brake horsepower. But who wouldn't Put have it, it in M mode? You, you would, wouldn't you? Just turn it up a notch and you get up to the full. 507 this is a really? 200 mile an hour plus car we are in supercar territory here okay so yeah so if you if you if you buy the car from factory as standard it will be limited to 160 but you can have you could have as an optional extra turn that off which i'm assuming you would do uh, 507 horsepower um which is ridiculous 4.7 seconds standing uh not to 60 i uh, say so yeah you're 5 liter v10 
the sound on them is actually incredible. I've heard a few of them. It, yeah. it sounds like a Lamonka. It is, yeah. I must admit, I, I can't remember rightly whether some of the parts for that engine are derived from Formula One engines back from the I think they were. V10 I days. do recall that. Yeah, I think V10 days ran out in about 2005. I'm not entirely yeah. sure on that. But this was still in a period when BMW were in Formula One. And doing well. And Yeah, and doing well, exactly. That That is actually... It weighs 2.3 tons. It's That's a, a heavy car. It's that is a, a heavy car. But that being said, you can take your children out in the back and they'll vomit and you'll have a great day in it. Now, this does have, for that price, this does have a major miles sort of issue. I'm it. seeing a pattern of emerge again with your cars here. I've gone for low mileage in different cars. You've gone for high mileage cheap cars. Yeah, True. I mean... Would I actually buy this myself? Probably not. I'm not going to lie. But that being said, the hero who does, he's going to make everybody's day. I remember reading when these were actually new, they had a lot of uh, engine problems, mainly head gasket and a few other issues as well. Um, Minor concerns. Yeah. I, can't, I, I imagine an engine rebuild on a BMW V10 is a bargain. Rear parking cameras and sensors. Here we go. That's almost HD. It is, yes, and worryingly, there aren't that many pictures of the interior here as well, so um, might be some uh, questionable stains It's in okay, there. there was absolutely zero pictures of the interior on mine, so I'm guessing either there wasn't one or there's something gone sadly wrong with it. Weight reduction, bro. That's what it is. That, that's probably what it is, yeah. It's a, te- it's a super Legera model. <laughs> that's what I'll go with. I, you, I really impressed you've actually managed to find a v10 m5 for under 15 grand i gotta admit i thought it would be a bit of a stretch as well but i just figured i would say that all of the cars that i've chosen the xk8 the xk from 2006 and the m5 all have attributes that would make them good for long distance cruising yeah all for good continental mile munching and the thing about the m5 is you can bring your kids along it's got a nice boot it has that practical element to it as well and it's probably a lot faster than the jags i mean well yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it has, consider- it has yeah, considerably more power but it is con- is it considerably heavy oh, i don't know i bet those xks are quite deceptively heavy you know? i suspect that will be heavier but i don't know by how much yeah it's one of those things, That's isn't it? I have to look at. Yeah, I don't know how much. I don't and know how. And there's no wood in the interior in the no. BMW either. It says German. But to be fair, I think actually, having been in a five series from that era, I don't think the interior is held up that badly. To be honest, I don't think it looks too tragic. No, I mean it looks the same as every other BMW from. From the era. And up until pretty much now, the it, new ones. It reminds me of the Z4 of the period as well, and I don't think they've aged too badly as well, to They, be they look well, but it, what, yeah, they, look, they still look well. I don't think I could personally purchase one. No, I, I couldn't as well, to be honest, purely because it, as far as the Z4 is concerned, I don't really want to purchase one of those because there is always an MX-5 lurking in my mind, which I know... The, there's the cliche of it being a hairdresser's car and things like that, but I think the Z4 suffers more from that than the AMX5, if I'm honest. Yeah, I, I'm not so sure. I mean, TT suffers from that as well. Yeah, specifically grey ones. <laughs> <laughs> no, while they're winding my friend up, who probably is listening to this somewhere in the yeah the producer the yeah yeah um, yeah he does have a TT. You should specify. I'm just going to wind him off if you hear anything bad about a TT. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the uh, I I. I 
probably out of all the three cars you've picked, my option, given the fact that I also picked it, would be the XK. Yeah, I'd agree, I'd agree as well. If yeah. I was, if it, if I actually was going out to buy one of these cars, it would be the XK. It looks cool. One thing I'm not so keen on the M5 was the exterior styling, but I will, the sound of that engine. Yeah, it's a Le Mans car, isn't it? But yeah, I think XK for me. I'd say out of your picks, um, I really quite like the Maserati. I must admit, yes, the looks aren't there. And obviously, if you can stretch to get the Quattroporte from the next generation up, I think you really will have the full package. Yeah. I, did, I did look at those and the price steps up considerably. Cons- that doesn't cons- surprise yeah, me. Well, they are still relatively new. You can still buy them new, so they haven't had chance to... And although the name is rather questionable, I quite like the Ghibli. Although... I guess it looks the same, just smaller, isn't it? Yeah, so right. Well, um, thanks, Rob, for coming on this show. It's, um, no problems. It's a pleasure to have you on, and I'm hoping I'm going to get to you'll come back for a second episode. Oh, I'll be lurking around. Um, so I'm just going to sign it off here. Thank you for tuning in. Um, please subscribe, and also if you do um, have any cars that you would like to see or um, talk about that you would pick within our budget, so under five grand, under ten grand, and under fifteen grand, um, just uh, either tweet at me at CA Car Films or uh, get in the comments and uh, let us know what you think. Uh, and I'll try and respond to as many as I can. All right, thank you, and see you next time. Ciao. Bye.